What's up, peeps? We're back. As always, I'm your host, Lee Benson. Thank you so much for joining us for our podcast edition of the AEW Insider. I apologize, man. I didn't even know it was so long since I did my last podcast. Earlier this week, I wanted to knock out a YouTube video, so I had a little bit more time for this. I go to record it today, and it's already been a week and a couple days since I talked to you guys and gals, so I do apologize. Uh, we have a great episode, as always, peeps. Such stories as three ex-WWE wrestlers show up for MLW taping, their current card and predictions for Hell in the Cell tomorrow, Arn Anderson talks Chris Benoit, a UFC fighter retires, and so much more. Remember to stick around to the end of the episode to find out how you can win a WWE Elite Fiend action figure and what our next uh, giveaway is going to be. We're only 11 subs away from giving away the Fiend figure, so definitely stick around to the end to find out how it could be yours. Since this is the AEW Insider, let's start with some AEW news. On On Anderson's recent podcast, the subject of his old four horseman buddy, Chris Benoit, did come up. This is what Arn had to say about it. On how Arn feels about not still being able to process what happened with Chris Benoit, he said, I'm going to disappoint you on this and I apologize. But the whole Chris thing, I did to wrap my head around. The guy I knew wasn't capable of doing this. A lot of the unknowns will never know. I know the tragedy of the result, which is unforgivable. But to be honest with you, I've had no resolution about it in my mind, and I can't wrap my head around it. On Benoit's story, putting more of a spotlight on head trauma and what's the scariest part of the tragedy. Arn said, it certainly helped put a spotlight on it. It sure did. I will say this about Chris. As any wrestler who spent any time in a locker room with them, any time on the road with them, or any time in the ring with them, nobody saw this coming. That's what makes it so scary. There were no warning signs that any of us saw. The last time I saw him, he was a kind professional as he was the first time I saw him. So to say there were warning signs that were ignored, I'm talking about our world, not where we went home or anything like that, but in the confines of his home or his family life that we don't know about. But the times I saw him, there were no indicators whatsoever. And like I said, that's what makes it scary. And if you're a fan of this channel, you know uh, I'm a Chris Benoit fan. I'm not ashamed to say it or anything like that, and I don't believe he did it. There's been different stories, different you know testimonies that the autopsy proved that the bodies were dead hours before he got home. Uh, Chavo Guerrero says he was on the phone with him. He went uh, Benoit went to answer the door, and he heard like a big scuffle. Uh, Benoit himself said people were following him around a couple days leading up to it. So, I mean, who really knows? Now, on AEW, the Lucha Brothers had an amazing match this week. Ray Phoenix actually beat his brother to advance in the tournament. Unfortunately, during the match, he was dropped on his head, and he cannot compete. So Eddie Kingston got him and his brother together and told him to give the spot up to his bro, Pento El Zero. Phoenix was not happy about it, but he agreed. So in the next round of the tournament, it will be Kenny Omega versus Pento El Zoro. And then some tragic and unfortunate news. AEW star Abaddon was seriously injured and taken to the hospital 
during an AEW Dynamite taping. Rumors are she could be out for quite a while, and we hope it's not career-ending. We here at the AEW Insider send you some major love, gal. I love your character. I love your gimmick. And if you were if you're able to stay healthy or were, they were definitely going to give you a push soon enough because that gimmick is awesome and it'll work. Now on the WWE, tomorrow, Sunday, October 25th is uh, Hell in a Cell. We do have the current card right now, but literally, it only happened a couple pay-per-views before, and I'm pretty sure one of them was this year or towards the end of last year, when they actually get to the pay-per-view, and they barely have any matches announced. So I'm pretty sure there's only five definite matches announced, and then I have some thoughts, you know, about who all the major people in wrestling will report on it, think are going to be some added matches tomorrow, but I guess we won't know about that until tomorrow. But anyway, we got to pay the bills real quick, so I'll take a break. When we get back, I got the Hell in a Cell predictions and current card, and plus the prediction matches that people think that are going to happen. We got what Paul Heyman and Daniel Bryan had to say on Talking Smack last night. We got some Rich Swan Impact Wrestling news and some random wrestling news. So make sure you tune back in, peeps. All right, peeps, welcome back. Remember to stick around to the end of the episode to find out how you could win a WWE Elite Fiend action figure. Let's get to the Hell in a Cell current card and predictions. First up, we do have Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Now, this match should be a good one. WWE is really pushing Elias since his return, and they're definitely pushing his new album coming out. I myself thought the album he was plugging was just a storyline, but it is legit, and WWE is backing it to the moon. Even though Hardy is on his last big title run in WWE, I don't think he's going to win this one. So I got to go with Elias. We also have confirmed Otis versus The Miz for the WWE Money in the Bank contract. Now, we all know deep down that Otis should have never won the Money in the Bank in the first place, especially so early in, early in his WWE career. I don't know what the fuck the writers were smoking that night. He might keep it, though, because fans do love him. I do want The Miz to have another WWE title run. He deserves it, and he was an awesome champion. He is and has been a workhorse for the company for years, but this one is definitely up in the air. My pick to win, The Miz. We also have the SmackDown Women's Championship, which is the boss, Sasha Banks, versus Bailey in a Hell in a Cell. Now, this match is going to kick ass, but I think it will be the first and many that are going to be upcoming in the next couple of months. Everybody on the internet is going for Sasha Banks, and Sasha always goes all out in pay-per-views, and a lot of times she gets injured for doing so. I hope it doesn't happen to her this time. Now, I love, love, love me some Bailey's heel turn and Bailey's title run. These women have a ton of history together and have had some great battles. But my pick to win is Bailey. We also have the WWE Championship up for grabs. It's Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton in the Hell in the Cell. Now, these two have been kicking ass and taking names later. Orton is as good as he's ever been. I want the Drew to hold that gold for eons, but if you ask me, his time is up. Time to pass that strap. My win, my pick to win, Randy Orton. And finally, for confirmed matches, we do have the Universal Championship match, which is Roman Reigns 
versus Cousin Jey Uso in a Hell in a Cell I Quit match. Now, this has been the best storyline WWE has done in ages. It comes off so visceral and real. I fucking love it. Eventually, though, I think the Usos are all going to team up together and just join Roman and be part of, like, Samoa faction, a heel faction. Expect his brother to actually come and interfere. And uh, what you call it? Maybe he might even turn on his brother during a match. This match should be the best of the night. But my pick to win is Roman. Now, this is crazy that all these matches, that uh, that this is all the ima- matches that have been announced so far. Rumors are that KO versus Aleister Black will be added. If so, I'm going to go for Aleister Black. And also the same is going to be a triple threat match, which is Seth Rollins versus Buddy Murphy versus Dominic. If it does happen, I think Buddy Murphy will win. And I think that, uh, what you call, come to find out, uh, Dominic's sister, is in cahoots with Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins, and all three of them are going to be in a faction together. Might be too soon to reveal that, but I think that definitely could happen. But we're going to have to tune in tomorrow and see. Like I said, the show does start Sunday, October 25th. The pre-show starts at 6 p.m., and the main show starts at 7 p.m. Now, on Talking Smack last night after SmackDown, Booker T had Paul Heyman on, and uh, Booker T named a bunch of previous Paul Heyman guys. He asked Heyman what makes somebody, a.k.a. Roman, a Paul Heyman guy, which Heyman responded that, I don't think that Roman is a Heyman guy. I think that I'm a Roman Reigns guy. Which is crazy. Sorry about that. I just fucking totally wrote that wrong and I actually had a fucking brain fart. So pretty much he said like all the people who teamed up with Heyman before that have all been Heyman guys. But Heyman is sucking Roman's dick, which you see in how he talks outside the ring. Like, you're the high chief. You're the high chief, Roman. He's so scared but so happy to be working with him. He's saying that he's actually a Roman Reigns guy and it's not the other way around. Apologize again for that, peeps. Also on Talking Smack, they did interview Daniel Bryan. They asked him about his future in WWE, working full-time wrestling schedule, and this is what Bryan had to say. Actually, to be fair, I'm not one of the oldest guys in the locker room. I just act the oldest. It comes with the dad life. I haven't said anything about this, but in my mind, this is kind of my last run. You know what I mean? This is my last run anyway as a full-time superstar. It's not really a scoop. I think you can feel it even just if they wanted to approach things. That's the way my mentality is. As far as my view towards younger people and all that kind of stuff, as I'm doing this as my last title run thing, it isn't. I got to prove everybody that I'm the best when I'm out there. I'm proving things to myself, and I want things better for the younger talent. So he isn't saying that he's leaving wrestling altogether. He was lucky to come back, but he's definitely not going to work that full fucking time grueling WWE schedule. And Brian has built himself such a fucking career and such a name in a company that he doesn't have to worry about it. They'll do anything to have him on the roster, so they'll work with him, and it's good to know that he will be around. All right, Pete's, we got to take a break. When I come back, I got some awesome Impact Wrestling news, and we got some good random wrestling and sporting news. So make sure you tune back in. All right, Pete's, we're back. Let's finish up this show. Let's move from a WWE over to Impact Wrestling. Now, Rich Swan made an appearance on Busted Open Radio. He discussed his severe injuries, how he is and how he did cope with them, and if he ever doubted returning to the ring about his various injuries that he's dealing with. Swan said, so after I broke everything, 
What was it? My ankle, my foot, my fibula, my L5, my L6. After taking all that, I got to the car with one of my buddies. And so then we drove off to Houston because we had two more shows before then. And I waited. I was like, oh, man, I'm hoping this is just a sprain. Even though I saw my foot just turn sideways and it was hanging. I waited a couple days and finally I went to the hospital in Dallas on that Sunday. And the doctor was saying once he gave me an x-ray, oh man, you're definitely going to need surgery. But the thing was, they weren't doing anything that Sunday. They weren't doing any surgeries really just because of the COVID-19 and everything. And how he found out his fibula was broken. He said it just really started to take it, take off on its own. I got back home a week later to Orlando and I finally got the surgery. And also, as they're giving me the x-ray, the MRI, my back was fractured as well. So as I'm getting this, they're telling me your fibula is broken and the bone is just poking right out of the skin. It was such a clean break. It was almost a compound fracture, almost went through the skin. With the foot and everything, the right side of my ankle was lodged up into my shin, the lower part of my shin. My left side of the ankle was lodged up into my calf. The top of my foot was peeled off. It was horrible. And about if he had any doubts about returning to the ring. Swan said, oh, yeah, for sure. Once I started going after surgery, uh, excuse me, once I started going after surgery to the doctor and they saw how severe it was, I showed them some of my videos of my work and some of my matches and how I performed. They looked at me and said, oh, fun. You think you're going to be doing this again, man? You have another thing coming. And then he started to get a little bit more serious. He was like, you might think about another profession. You might not want to be walking. You might not be walking right if you do get better. You might literally have a limp for the rest of your life. And to hear that, I was just like, man, I go for being told that I might be able, excuse me, that I might not be able to make it in this industry, in the land of the giants, and doing it now. And it's still all, it's all going to be taken away from me in one simple move. And how he overcame the trauma caused by his injuries. Swan said, so I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I told people that I could do it before and I'm going to do it again. So I busted my ass hard as I could. Did above and beyond the physical limits were supposed to be. And while I was in physical therapy and it worked out, it paid off. And the doctor, he told me, he was like, wow, I just want you to know what you've been doing, kid, because it's like you're going to be able to return. That's awesome. Switch one's one of my favorites, man. I only found about him, out about him in WWE in a cruiserweight tournament, and they fired him over some bullshit. So I'm glad he got he's such a big star in Impact, and I hope he does he is able to make it and just secure him and his family for the rest of his life. I also met him at WrestleCon last April in New York, and he's a super nice guy. Also for Impact Wrestling, tonight is their major pay-per-view. It's bound for glory. It should be one hell of a show. I have to say that the Motor City Machine Guns have been absolutely killing it since returning. If you have not seen them in action, you fucking have to. And I also believe that tonight is Ken Shamrock's induction into their Hall of Fame with an induction speech given by none other than Dwayne, the jo uh, excuse me, Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock. By video, of course, but it's better than nothing. Now on to some random wrestling and sporting news. MLW took a few days recently to record a few tapings. Three ex-WWE stars were in attendance. They were ACH, Leo Rush, and Sean Davari. 
As of right now, they are not signed to MLW, but that could change. So if you're a fan of any of those guys, definitely be on the lookout for those episodes when they air in the future. WWE legend Mick Foley recently sat down with TalkSport for a wide-ranging interview. Foley discussed a recent top-secret meeting he had with Vince McMahon, his iconic tag team partnership with The Rock, and more. Regarding Foley's recent meeting with Vince McMahon, Foley said, I just saw Vince a couple weeks ago for a top-secret meeting. Details to follow. But I don't think many people have looked into the trust factor Vince McMahon had in me, especially the fact that he had placed trust in someone that he outwardly had not been high on at first. Just to crush JR spirits, um, he knew I took a lot of pride in trying to elevate people, and he knew that I had developed my ability to do so. The trust of Vince McMahon has developed in him. Foley said, there were even times down the years where Vince said, I don't agree with you, Mick, but I'm going to trust your judgment on this one. And sometimes I succeeded and sometimes I failed, but I always had my opponent's best intentions at heart. And on his tag team partnership with The Rock, Foley said, this was another case where we both benefited. So much that joining forces a year after our brutal encounters made total sense. And this is another case where we had already on a clear trajectory, when we are, excuse me, when he was already on a clear trajectory towards the top. But again, I gave him an element, but I don't think he had before. And this was a real vicious streak. That was the whole point in the Royal Rumble match, because he was so entertaining as a bad guy that it was hard to dislike. So the match was designed to give him that harder edge. And that has to be the match when he beat Mick Foley in the head repeatedly with a fucking steel chair and his family and kids were in attendance. And finally, some for random wrestling and sporting news. For USC, Khabib, the, the, one of the best fighters they had, the guy who got into it inside and outside of the octagon with Conor O'Gregor, he has officially announced his retirement from the UFC. The Russian mixed martial artist announced his retirement Saturday, a.k.a. today, after feeding Justin, and I can't pronounce his last name, in the UFC 254 headliner. Khabib, whose father died in July from complications caused by COVID-19, he said, there's no way I'm going back without my father. He finishes his career with a perfect 29-0 record. That's fucking really, really awesome, and it's it's sad to hear. Because even though that dude's a nut, he was the real deal, and he was fucking vicious. All right, Pete. Well, that's it for this episode. Remember, if you do want to win a WWE Fiend Elite action figure, you can do it one of two ways. You can go to our Facebook group, look us up under the AEW Insider, and just simply join our Facebook group. Besides that, you can go over to our YouTube channel. It is also under the AEW Insider. You have to be a subscriber, so if not, do that first. After that, pick any video that you want and like, share, and comment. As long as you either do that on YouTube or on Facebook, you will be in the running for a new WWE Elite Fiend action figure. And we're actually only 11 subs away from giving away the figure. So if you have not entered the contest, please do not, excuse me, please do so now and do not wait until our next, you know, our giveaway or until it's too late. 
And our next giveaway is going to be awesome. I actually ordered it last night, and I will be giving it away once we reach 500 subscribers on YouTube. I will announce what it is after we have the drawing for our 300 subscribers. So like, share, and the fuck out of all our YouTube vids and podcasts, because the more subs we get, the more cool guests that I'm going to be giving out to the AEW Insider audit, or excuse me, audience. All right, peace. Remember to show us some love on all major podcasting platforms, also on Facebook and YouTube under the AEW Insider, and on Twitter under the AEW Insider 1, as in the number one. Ciao, peeps. Thank you.